Let us now read the word of God. First of all, in 1 Kings and chapter 10. At the beginning. Now when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue with, ca- with camels, bearing spices, and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. And there was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the Queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the foot of his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath in her. And she said to the king, The report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom. But I did not believe the reports until I came, and mine own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpasses the report that I heard. Happy are your men, happy are your servants, who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. He has made you king, that you may execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a hundred and twenty talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Now a few verses in the New Testament and in the Gospel of Christ according to St. Matthew and chapter 12. And we'll begin reading at verse 38. Gospel of Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 12 and at verse 38. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. But she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold something greater 
than Solomon is here. Amen, and may the Lord bless to us these two readings of his own holy word. <coughs> Let us further now sing to God's praise this time. Scottish Psalter, all the singings in the Scottish Psalter tonight, at Psalm 34 and at verse 5. They looked to him and lightened where, not shame it where their faces. This poor man cried, God heard and saved him from all his distresses. The angel of the Lord encamps and round encompasses all those about that do him fear and them deliver. O taste and see that God is good, who trusts in him is blessed. Fear God his saints, none that in fear shall be with want oppressed. The lions young may hungry be, and they may lack their food, but they that truly seek the Lord shall not lack any good. O children, hither do you come, and into me give ear. I shall you teach to understand how ye the Lord should fear. What man is he that life desires to see good would live long? Thy lips refrain from speaking kind and from ill words thy tongue. We'll sing these verses to the glory of God. Psalm 34, from the Veshmach 5 down to the Veshmach 13. <coughs>
God's blessing, we can turn to the portion of God's word, the second portion that we read in the Gospel of Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 12. And we'll take but our text this evening, the words in verse 42. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold something greater than Solomon is here. I think from the readings and from the singings you, you will probably gather that my service tonight will be mostly towards people who are seeking the Lord whether they may be present here or whether they may hear it online afterwards I think that will be the theme seek the Lord seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added Is there anyone here who is seeking God? Or we all want to go to heaven. Nobody wants to go to hell. But are we seeking God? We're going to have an example in this sermon tonight of a woman who was a great seeker. And the effort that she made to find answers for her question. She had a spiritual problem. She had heard things about this man Solomon in the name of the Lord. But the scribes and the Pharisees, they were wanting a sign. Give us a sign that you are the Messiah. And the Messiah was in front of them. And the Messiah was doing wonderful things in front of them. And speaking wonderful things to them. But they were still wanting a sign. There were a bunch of religious people who were hindering Christ. And Christ very often rebuked them. For the way that they were coming. Coming very often with three questions to see could they trip him up. And the first thing that he said to them was, there will be no sign given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now Jonah, as you know, he was given a service to do for God to go to the people of Nineveh. And it looks very much from the word of God that they were a people that were, the city was full of sin, they didn't know the right from the left. And he feared, he didn't want to go there. Feared for his life, so he went into a boat, paid the fare, and a storm at sea, I'm not going to stay too long at that. A storm came, and After drawing lots, they understood that the storm was for Jonah. 
so they threw, threw him over and the sea became calm and he was swallowed up as we have here by a big fish. Quite interesting, the galaxies look very the AD says well, but it says here a big fish. We'll leave that in the meantime. Certainly from our very early days in school, in the Sabbath school, we always understood what had happened to him and what kind of fish swallowed him up. And after three days it vomited him on the earth. And then he was made to go to the people of Nineveh with a message. And the message was, 40 days and this whole city will be demolished unless you repent. And they all, the whole city, 350,000 of them, they repented at the sermon of this man Jonah. And he is saying to them here, you're looking for a sign. That's a sign. As Christ died on the cross, was in the tomb, and rose on the third day, that's the sign you want. And that's the sign that we need today. To hold on to what Christ has given. And then, he makes a comparison then between them and the Queen of Sheba. She came a long distance. And it's an interesting story because twice it is in the Old Testament and it is twice in the New Testament and it is interesting because Christ brings it into this old teaching. The Queen of Sheba and what she did. And that's what we're going to have a look at tonight. What did this woman do? It, that she was praised by your Saviour here. More than the scribes and the Pharisees. Four brief points. She heard. And then, because of what she heard, she seeked. And then we find her as a happy finder. And then finally, the last thing, this queen of Sheba will rise in the judgment and condemn this generation because she came from the ends of the earth and her greater than Solomon is here. She heard. It is not told us what indeed she heard or how she heard. We all know that, that at that time there wouldn't be any mobile phones or, or even phones of any kind. But very often how things were coming from one place to another was through traders. And she probably would have heard of that, 
But one thing that she did hear, I feel quite confident of this. She heard that God had appeared to, to Solomon in a dream. Solomon had just come to the throne. His father David had passed away. And as a young man, he was now on the throne. And the, in the dream, God asked him to ask of him what he would want. And he asked him to give him wisdom to govern this great nation as a young man. And I believe that she would have heard that because this was great news for the whole land. And it pleased God what he asked for. He didn't ask for long life. He didn't ask for power over his enemies. He didn't ask for any of these things except to give him wisdom. To give him wisdom. He didn't ask for long life. Whatever this woman heard, she partly believed. She, she didn't come for any political gain. She didn't come for anything else, I think, because she had a spiritual problem. And she knew that God had given this man wisdom. And she came to him with hard questions. And here was the man answer. She didn't come out of curiosity. She didn't come to so that she would get some of the wealth. Indeed, she came with something herself. And he turns to the Pharisees and he says, you have all these advantages, but you are doing nothing. And a greater than Solomon is here. And as you read on Solomon, you will find that Solomon, like all human beings, have their own errors. And very shortly, and maybe in the next chapter, in 1 Kings 11 or 12, you will find that. But let's turn this a wee bit to ourselves in the congregation of souls. We have heard and what have we done with what we have heard? We have heard about Christ probably from our mother's knee. We have heard about Christ in the Sabbath school. We have heard him from the pulpit. And we are doing nothing. Just sitting back and doing nothing. And that is exactly what Satan would want you to do. He will give you things to go round in your head and say, well, if I am in the elect, I will be saved. But that is God's side. That's God's side of it. Our sight is to make our calling and our election true. And then again, I must ask this question. Who told you that you were not in the elect? 
Satan will come with these things. He is blinding, and I know what I'm talking about. He did it for years to me myself. Blinding your eyes in such a way that he will keep you away from Christ. He wants you to be lost. Well, this queen that is accepted by many as a, as a, a person that is a seeker of Christ, she did not stand still. That takes me to the second point. She was a seeker. She came from the uttermost parts of the known earth at that time to meet with this man Solomon. And a greater than Solomon is here. She came from Seba, 1,500 miles up to Jerusalem. On camels. And camels could only do about 25 or 30 miles a day. So use your arithmetic and come to that, this conclusion that thus this woman was on the road for a long time. What a secret. Maybe two or three months. A queen that would have been used to luxury and going through desert, hot countries, making her way in her desperation to come to Solomon. And carrying gold and spices and jewels and there would be many robbers on the way. She did not care. She came to satisfy the desire that was in her heart. Why do people seek the Lord? Or when do they seek the Lord? Well, they come, first of all, on the Saviour's invitation to come. Come into me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What kind of a person is labouring and heavy laden? It's not the things of this world. It is labouring and heavy laden with your sins. You are beginning to see your sins. And you are beginning to see your need of a saviour. The only saviour. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Making a description of how the Christian and Christ goes through goes through the wilderness here in this world together together yoke you will know that that was used for two horses plowing the two were going together 
Indeed, when I was in school, the Stornoway people had their own language and when they would be talking about people getting married, it's quite interesting, this. people getting married, they used to say they are getting yoked. And in a sense, that is what it is when we come to Christ. We become the bride of Christ. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. That's why I said it was the sin. You will find rest for your soul. And the soul is never at rest until we are in Christ. The heard we have heard of the exalted Saviour. We have heard what he has done on the cross of Calvary. All these things are known to us. And he is asking us to come with boldness into the throne of grace so that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But it has to be the boldness of faith. For all those that come into him must believe that thou art and that thou art the rewarder of all those who diligently seek thee. You have heard, maybe a little bit in the prayer, and you have heard long before that how Christ was wounded and bruised for sinners like me and you. How he became poor Worshipped by angels, became poor, so that poor and needy sinners like me and you would become rich. There was many dangers for this woman, Queen of Sheba, as she made her way to Solomon. And she came a long way. And we come a long way. And we also have many dangers as Christians. Where were we? Well, the Bible tells me, as if I didn't know, I was in the far country, without God, without hope in this world. That's where I was, in the far country. Coming to myself as the prodigal son of old but coming to myself with the help of God nobody can come to himself except with the help of God and had some sort of prayer coming as the prodigal had Father I have sinned in the heaven and in thy sight, and I am not worthy to be called thy son. I've let you down. But you don't find that the father mentioned anything about the prayer, except take out the best robe and put it on him, a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet, for my son was lost, and he is found, he is dead. And he is alive again. So, 
we are invited then to come to the greater than Solomon. And you can come with your questions. She came with, with hard questions. We can come with questions as well. Come to him with your disturbed sleep. Come to him with your sins. Come to him with a thorn in the flesh that you have. Come casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. Now thirdly, this woman was a finder. As a happy finder as all those who come to Christ will find her. There is a very strong supposition that this woman went back to Sheba as a converted woman. And I am saying that not of what authorities are saying, but what I find in the Word of God. That she is going to rise in the judgment and condemn this generation. How could an unsaved person be judging others? Of course they couldn't. But that's not our concern tonight. You can leave that aside. But notice this. This woman came and I cannot find, much as I have searched for it, I have cannot find that Solomon gave her any invitation whatsoever to come. But I can find many invitations for you to come to the greater than Solomon. The gospel is full of invitations for you to come. In fact, I came across fairly recently that there is 600 times in the Word of God, 600 times in the Word of God, that word come. What does it mean to come? What does it mean? Well, if I was going to say to somebody at the back there, come here, come down here, that person would have to leave where he was. And that is exactly what it means. If you are going to come to Christ, you have got to leave where you are. You have got to leave the pleasures of this world and you have got to come to Christ. The Spirit, in the, the last verse, that's in the Bible to people like me and you, sinners. The last verse, the last invitation, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. See if you can find you know, yourself amongst these. Let him that hears, hears, come. Let him that is thirsty come, and then whosoever will, surely you're amongst these, whosoever will come and take of the water of life 
freely, freely. And is that not what the prophet Isaiah said? Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters and buy. Why? Without money and without price. Free offer of the gospel. And him that comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. She came a long way. We came, as I have said, a long way. A, a great gulf between us and God. But the parallel or the comparison that I have been making here of the Queen of Sheba coming to Solomon must stop. It has got to stop here. For this reason, I find that the Queen of Sheba came to Solomon with gold and with spices and much silver. But when we come to the greater than Solomon, we can't come and we mustn't come with anything. Nothing. In my hands I bring simply to thy cross I cling. We cannot add to the riches of Christ. There is no exchange of gifts. Certainly he looks for a broken and a contrite spirit. Come penitently. Come expectantly. Come in faith. How can I come? Well, whatever you do, don't come and try and buy your own salvation. <coughs> and you are probably saying to yourself, hey, take it easy. Nobody would do that. You would be surprised. The people that want to have a hand in it themselves, 50% of my own works and 50% of God. Little bit of my goodness. Well, I'm afraid that sin has left me and you bankrupt before God. We have absolutely nothing to come to God with unless He gives us things like faith. And this woman, she came and she has to say the half was not told me. And they are in glory tonight who have worshipped here in Jordan's they are in glory tonight, and that is exactly what they are saying. The half was not told me. 
tell him you've stayed. You tell him your sins. He is mighty to save. He receives sinners. That was one of the things that was thrown at him by the scribes and the Pharisees. This man receives sinners and eateth with them. The greatest thing that you could say about him. Receiving sinners, of whom I am chief. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. What a saviour. What a saviour. But what would happen if I don't come? That's the side that we should be extremely careful with tonight. Well, if people leave this world, close their eyes in death, and they have not come to the Saviour, prayers will have gone, Bible will have gone, the house of God will be no more. They've, they've lost everything. You will lose everything. But the final point, and I probably will make it clearer, the Queen of the South will rise in the judgment and condemn this generation. She came to Solomon. And you had Christ preached since you came into this world. And you, you can't blame anybody else, I can't blame anybody else, you refuse. Those who trample the word of God and their food, and who trample the great invitations in the word of God and their food, will be lost. And everything that that takes in. Death, and after that, the judgment. Two great appointments ahead of me and of you. And we will not be late for any of the two of them. The first one of them is death and the next one of them is the judgment seat. And what Christ is pointing to here is to the scribes and to the Pharisees and to ourselves to be ready. To be ready. For what is our life? It, 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 is, it is just like a tale that is told. Here I am and when I look back on my 80 years they went past like that. Well those that will not come who live without him they will die without him and they will spend eternity without them, and they will be lost in the depths of hell forever. No way out. And I can't make it any simpler than that. But tonight, good news. I've got good news for you. Whatever you have listened to before, listen to the good news. 
And the good news is this, that you are still on Mesh's ground. You are still on Mesh's ground. You are still in the days of mercy and of grace. But there is a midnight coming for me and for you. For me, maybe nearer than you, but we don't know. We don't know these things. Perhaps I know that my midnight is not far away. And perhaps your midnight might be a lot nearer than you imagine. And how many times has the gospel come to you in conviction and in sincerity and you just blocked it your ears to the door, still on the outside? Just a question and I'm trying to bring this to an end. What is the greatest danger that people in the UK are in tonight? People will say, oh, global warming is the biggest danger that we are in. Or banking crisis and the oil crisis and the heating. These are, of course, these are great things. But that is not the greatest danger that we are in. The greatest danger that people are in tonight is that they will die without Christ. That's the greatest danger. To be unprepared to meet with Christ at the death and at the judgment. Unprepared and coming from the island of the gospel. And opening your eyes in the depths of hell. And no preacher likes to preach these things, but they're in the word of God, where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. When do we gnash our teeth when we're in agony? Would you rather spend your eternity there than with the Lord? Oh, I don't want to come out on the side of Christ. What will people say? Never mind people. You come to the Saviour. Those that will be lost will find out that what the word of God was true. The things that they despise, they will find out that they were true. And there are people, and they're in this island, and they will say to you, Oh, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in these things. You know, anybody that says he's an atheist and doesn't believe the word of God, he's making himself higher than God. But the atheist will find out, just as sure as everybody else will, that there is a God. But they will find out and they will be too late, too late. Well, will the Queen of Sheba condemn you? 
she came from the othermost parts of the earth. You, you, you would think that it was an awful disease that people get when they get converted. And it's the best thing that can happen to anyone. When I was in school, I don't know if that's the case yet, but we had in our arithmetic a plus sign. It was a sign of the cross. And the plus sign, you were adding and adding and adding. And that is the way for those that come to Christ. Now, I think this, I have this thought. Why, why come to Christ? What's he going to do for me? Well, you're coming to Christ because your sins. That is why. And Christ is going to take, if you come, if you repent, and if you believe, and if you come to him, he will take your sins upon himself. He who knew no sin. You see, we owe a debt to God for our sins that we cannot pay. We can't pay them. But if you repent and believe, he will pay your debts for you. How? How, how does Christ pay my debts? Well, it is certainly not with the silver and gold of this world. He paid the debt of his believing people by his blood. By his blood. Taking upon himself the punishment that we deserve for our sins. Not paying it with the silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, without spot and without blemish. Of course, if there was a plus sign in my young days, there was also the minus sign. It was taken away, and you will leave everything, and you will lost, you wouldn't have anything at all. But the believer's treasure is in heaven. It's in heaven. Judgment. Queen of, South, of the South will rise in the judgment and condemn this generation. And what will the, will the, will the, will the Queen of Sheba see? She will see Christ. And she will see Christ coming with these words. To certain people come and to the others away. And and what she is saying to, to the believer is, Come, ye blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And to the others, to the others, that trampled the word of God and their food, 
away, you cursed. I never knew you. So that's what the Queen of Sheba will see. And she will condemn you. Even for what you have heard tonight, she will condemn you on that day because you refused the invitation. And there are many times, I am sure, when you have been pricked in your heart and saying that you're going to seek this God going out through that door. And before you reached the car, Satan came and took it all away. Well, don't let him. He wants you to be lost. Amen, and may the Lord bless to us these few thoughts on his word. Let us pray. O gracious and eternal God, thou art a great Saviour. And we pray that the word would have gone out today wherever it was preached, accompanied by the power of the Holy Spirit, in such a way that people would turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to thyself. The power belongs to thee. The flesh, it profiteth nothing. It is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And this is what we need in our day. That the Holy Spirit of God would once again breathe over this island of ours and our nation that has strayed so far away from thee so that we would see yet days of revival in our midst. For Christ's sake. Our closing sermon is Psalm 40. And at the beginning, Psalm 40. I waited for the Lord my God and patiently did bear. At length to me he did incline my voice and cried to him. He took me from a fearful pit and from the mighty clay. And on a rock he set my feet, establishing my way. He put a new song in my mouth of God to magnify. Many shall see it and shall fear, and on the Lord will I. O blessed is the man whose trust upon the Lord relies, respecting not the proud nor such, as turn aside to lies. We'll sing these verses in closing to the glory of God. Psalm 40 from the verse mark 1 down to the verse mark 4. <laughs> I waited for the Lord, my Lord, and
ask the Lord you to go to prayer. O oh, gracious and eternal God, as we part one from another, we pray that thou would not part with us, that thou would bind us together in Christ. For Christ's sake, Amen.